T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Are the San Francisco 49ers fans fair weather fans? An accusation from Ross Tucker. We'll see how they react. 95-7 the game coming up. After an outstanding game between the Niners and the Seahawks, won by Seattle in overtime, it was 10-0 Niners. It was 21-10 Seahawks. It was tied at the end of regulation. Home and home, a radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now. There it is, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker, home in Pennsylvania. Home and home goes all the way out to the West coast to get instant reaction from a classic monday night football game a win by the seahawks the 49ers first loss on the season let's talk to damon bruce 95 7 the game about this and the reaction of the 49ers fans damon great to have you as always dave briggs and ross tucker checking your twitter feed you say amid all this 49ers anxiety some of you fans need to seriously calm down. What are the fans saying after one loss? Oh, well, I mean, it's amazing. And good morning, Dave. Good to be on with you, Ross. Pleasure to join you again. Thanks for having me, boys. Um, look, it, it, it's just a, I, I don't think Twitter is a very good place to have a calm uh, adult approach to managing a, a football expectations. You know what I mean? It, it, we just had a whole bunch of people last night get all apoplectic about a game that was a, a loss at home to a good opponent, well-coached, and the Niners, I think, had clear, glaring issues that remove all the mystery as to where the loss came from. So there shouldn't be all this head scratching and walking around with your, clutching your pearls and with your palms up. I mean, I can tell you exactly why the 49ers lost last night. And through nine weeks, they're eight and one, which is so to the good of anybody's expectations when this year started. It's not even funny. So they did lose a game. They lost a game that's going to have all the critics come back up and tell you what the Niners aren't. But what they are is so far ahead of schedule in 2019 that everyone just needs to calm down and take a breath. Now, if they lose three of their next four, we do have cause for concern. And let me tell you, that is officially out there. They've got trips to Baltimore, New Orleans. They've got the Green Bay Packers coming up after they play the improving Arizona Cardinals next week. So a very tough stretch of their season starts. And unfortunately, got off on the wrong note last night. And having said all of that, you know, they're a rookie kicker away from winning this game. I mean, everything went wrong last night. And they're a rookie kicker away from still winning the game. So all things considered, a hell of a night. Hands down the most electric atmosphere Levi Stadium's ever seen. And uh, it's too bad they were on the wrong side of it. But that was a, a fun Monday nighter if there was one. Damon, you said you can tell us exactly why they lost and what their issues are. So the floor is yours. In your mind, why did they lose and what are their issues? 
No George Kittle. I mean, look, George Kittle's not going to be in the MVP conversation, but his absence last night, I think, did more to make a case for him, his name being in that conversation than, than any play that he's made in any game that he's played. You saw how important he is. The 49ers passing game on third down radically altered without George Kittle in there. Their run dominance radically altered without George, uh, without George Kittle in there. On a night where they got back their starting tackles, both looked rusty, and unfortunately, Joe Staley looked old. Neither of these guys could even get out of their stances against Jadavian Clowney, who went one-man wrecking crew in that game in a way that nobody has played like that against the Niners so far. Jimmy got sacked five times. That normally does not happen. So dominating the offensive line is something that the Niners didn't bother doing in that game. And let me tell you right now, if they wanted to cut Kendrick Bourne this afternoon to send a statement, I, I look, I think I might be cool with it, fellas. That guy drops. He might make a play or two a game, but he always gives it back with a drop. And I think the Niners are at the time right now where they just need to say, look, we got no excuses anymore, fellas. We expect to be one of the best teams in football. And if you got a case of the dropsies, you can't be on this team. Emmanuel Sanders going out with a rib injury after George Kittle was a, a no-go really put this team behind the eight ball. And they, 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 their passing game, their running game, it – it just never happened. I mean, they don't have anybody who can catch a cold outside of Debo Samuel in this passing attack when George Kittle's hurt. So uh, the, the wide receivers got an F last night. Offensive line got an F last night. And the defense, which has been playing at A-plus all year long, gets about a C-plus last night. And I guess you got to grade him on the Russell Wilson curve. And considering they sacked him, yeah. they picked him off, they got the Seahawks to punt on third and short a few times in that game. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say the defense was a B last night. It, this was all offensive ineptitude, and that's why they lost the game. Talking to Damon Bruce, 95-7 the game out there in the Bay Area about the Niners' first loss of the season. Emmanuel Sanders and MRI today, so we'll find out more about that later on. Um, so given that, and Jimmy Garoppolo's one interception, which was a terrible drop, a really well-thrown ball, he did have the two fumbles. How do you evaluate his performance without Kittle, without Sanders? What do the fans think of Jimmy? Are you sold on him as a guy that can win you a football game? I don't know. And that's the $60 million question. Look, I really like Jimmy Garoppolo. I like him an awful lot. I think he's a better quarterback than what a lot of its critics will want to call him. But last night, uh, the Seahawks left four interceptions on the field. I mean, they really did. Jimmy got a little scared last night, I thought. And you could see it in his feet. You could see it in his decisions. He got the yips. He had the fumbles last night. It was just a bad night. But I'll tell you, he's their best quarterback since Jeff Garcia, bar none. It's not even close. And the problem with any 49er quarterback is the ghosts that are always chasing you. Montana and Steve Young and the concept that our quarterback needs to be the standard bearer of excellence at the position, it's like the burden of being the Niners quarterback. It's different. It's like being the Yankees shortstop. It's just some positions on some teams come with more pressure. And quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, I think is one of the hardest to live up to expectations in all of sports. 
Jimmy Garoppolo has done an incredible job meeting so many expectations, but you can still see the way that we question him, and people are worried about it. I think he's really good. I think Kyle Shanahan is a cut above the next coach, and I think the two of them together, together, given time, have what it takes to win big in this league. I really do. But last night, I mean, Seattle's just a headache that won't go away for this franchise. And, and Russell Wilson, he's magnificent. What a great football player that goes unappreciated so we can spend more time talking about yahoos like Antonio Brown. Like, don't, they don't want to do another segment on, on AB. Let's just talk about how good Russell Wilson is. That's the real story. He's unbelievable. Curious, uh, Damon, and you kind of already hinted at this, but I just kind of want to nail it down. Does last night's game change how you feel about this team at all? And do you think that they are the best team in the NFL? Those two kind of go hand in hand. Best team in the NFL, that's a crown worn in New England until someone officially takes it from them. I thought that the 49ers, we, you know, as we were doing the pregame yesterday and we were hyping it up, I said, this is the biggest game at Levi Stadium. This is not the biggest game of the Niners season. And if they lose, this can still be an entire year cloaked in glory. Like there is, it, it, to me, it, it's already been an incredible year. They were a four-win team. They started 8-1. and one. All the signs of improvement are there. They've got a formula that gets to the other quarterback with just four down linemen. Like, that's enough to win in this league many, many days. And I, I, I think they are – I've, I've been saying this all week. There's a 33% chance they're in the NFC title game, right? I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's the, the Saints, the Packers, and the 49ers in the NFC. If the Vikings are going to crash that party, great. We'll see who else it's going to be. But I really think they're one of the best teams in the NFC. They've got a winning formula. They've got a very good head coach who, by the way, did not have a good overtime last night. I think you've got to run the ball there and almost play for the tie based on how you're playing, what happened in the game, who's available, and how much time is left and where your field position is. I think you just got to get that clock rolling in overtime. And if you take the tie – well, it's a night where kissing your sister is not the worst thing that could happen. But, Ross, to answer your question, I do think they're a phenomenal football team. I don't think last night was the fork in the road that turns this season into a dumpster fire. They need to get better at the tackles. Their wide receivers need to get in front of a jugs machine and stay there until the playoffs. And I, I think this could still be a very good season for a team that – you know, I, I, is, is, is still playing for a bye week before the playoffs start. I mean, things are, are really good around here, even with last night's loss. All right, so Damon, I, I know your job, and you do a terrific job for 95-7, the game in the Bay Area. Available, by the way, as everybody hopefully knows, on the radio.com app. So if you are into the Bay Area, Niners, whatever, you can listen to Damon and the guys Anytime you want. But I also had a tweet last night, Damon, and I'm sure you're going to defend them because of your job. But here's my tweet. Uh, This is going to ruffle some feathers, but considering the Niners played a lot of their games in front of half-filled stadiums just last year, 
where do the Niner fans rank on the fair weather fan list? I wanted to get your reaction and response, Damon. I would say fair weather is an inaccurate description of the Bay Area natural sports fan. But bandwagon, the bandwagon rolls through town and people hop on it left and right, which I think is a little bit more emotional than fair weather. Fair weather suggests a laissez-faire, do-not-care attitude, where people out here really care. But when the team is good, the bandwagon gets full. There's no doubt. You know, in California, we got options. we got other things to go do. Tickets to anything are really, really expensive. When you got a bad football team and it's an $800 day at the stadium, that's a pass, you know, for a lot of people when you're 4 and 12. So the stadium is far away. It kind of sucks, but last night it had some teeth in it. It was good to see that winning continues to be the ultimate deodorant in sports. No matter what's wrong with your team, your coach, your quarterback, the headlines, the stadium, you win, people show up, things get good. But, yes, the Bay Area, California, there is an element of West Coast and hop on the thing that's cool, maybe get off the thing that isn't so cool. It's a reality out here. And, look, I was born in Chicago, raised in upstate New York, I've been around like diehard generational sports fans. You know what we don't have here in California? We don't have winter. <laughs> I think winter, and I, I mean this, fellas. I mean, I've been talking about this for years. I'm almost glad you brought it up. Winter does more to develop sports fans than any dad, grandpa, or season tickets that you ever grew up with. Winter keeps your ass in home watching football six months of the year because you just can't even go outside in some of the east coast and in the midwest in the summertime it's so hot you can't go outside six months of the year so you're inside and you're forced to watch more sports we don't have winter we don't get forced <laughs> to watch more sports you pretty much go outside any day you want and have a picnic that's why we pay our taxes by the way so um yeah it's, 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 there's no doubt California, SoCal, NoCal, whatever. Yeah, it's a little bandwagony. And remember, there are so many people here who aren't from here, very transient state, that when the Niners suck, what does it matter to a guy who's a Bengals fan because he grew up in Cincinnati and he's on his home watching his direct TV, you know? I don't even think there are any more Bengals fans. There used to be these people from Cincinnati. I, I wanted to bring them up. <laughs> Taking shots at Cincinnati, poking us for our shitty weather. Damon Bruce, 95-7 the game, doing his best. We've got a cold front moving in tonight. It's supposed to be wicked the next several days. We will be inside watching sports. Want to ask you quickly about the NBA because last night Tony Parker's jersey was retired and it just made me reflect on that era, the big three there. Um, drafted by the same organization, won titles with the organization, stayed for basically their entire careers. And, and I don't, sorry, I don't count what the Golden State Warriors did because Kevin Durant came. He was the finals MVP for two of those three titles. Will we so why ever don't you see count anything it? Like, I don't know. Well, wait, 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 wait. Why don't you count building what Kevin via Durant free did? agency. Well, building via free agency versus building through the draft and developing and sticking to your own teams. But hang on. My question is, do the Warriors have another couple of year finals run in them? 
or is that Spurs dynasty the last we'll see of a team like that? Well, trying to extend something to really rule the roost with an iron fist for like 15 to 20 years is really hard to do in sports. And this is the mulligan year. This is a retreat year back into the lottery for the Golden State Warriors, which will give them the mechanism that the Spurs used. You know, it was David Robinson, horrible year, Tim Duncan lottery ticket, franchise continues. So what is the pick? Who's it going to be? And then when Clay Thompson comes back, when Draymond Green is ready to roar again, and when Curry's ready to go, how does that guy assimilate D'Angelo Russell, who is out here balling right now? I mean, he's really putting up great individual numbers. It's unfortunate that they can't run the experiment to see how he plays next to Curry. But if nothing else, he is adding to trade value. They can flip him come December. Um, and I, I just I, I think that the Warriors are in a huge wait-and-see mode. They do have that championship DNA. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are more OGs than anyone wants to give them credit for, and Draymond Green knows where all the bodies are buried. I mean, these guys <laughs> really are champions. But right now they're, they're hurt, and the entire league is taking out their frustrations on them, and they're just outmanned at every position while everybody's you know back on the trainer table getting rehab. So uh, I, I, I'm gonna, you're going to have to get back to me on this because the Warriors okay. are, are starting to fall to earth right as a few other franchises are beginning to ascend. Championship time could be over around here for a while. That's just the nature of sports. There was a five-year run at the top that was literally so glorious, not a single person listening to me can even understand what it's like to win that much. Because you as a fan base, you've never won that much. The Warriors just won more basketball games over five years than any team that's ever played the sport of basketball on any continent. It was glorious. But it's over. (laughs) But it's over. Damon Bruce, great to have you. We appreciate the time, my friend. Draymond doing Draymond things last night, getting the boot at the new building. Good to have you, my friend. First, first ejection at Chase Center. We can officially play the season. No one more deserving of that historical note than Draymond Green. Follow him at Damon Bruce and check them out on the radio.com app. Appreciate the time, my friend. Enjoy winter, fellas. <laughs> oh, I Ross. will. I will, we, Damon. I will. I like winter. All right. I like the snow. Did you watch the Packers Panthers game? That game was awesome. That game was beautiful. Those people are amazing. You know right. Where'd you, you watch that with? game from? Your couch? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I love winter from my couch. That's the. I love winter on TV. But winter outside my front door? Forget that. I you know what winter leads to, Damon? I, dude, I, winter leads I've to more eating. More driveways. Winter leads to more eating, more drinking, it does. and more sex. And all three of those are good. All right? All three well, of those. But, That's what winter does. And you get but to so ski. Does weed, and, and you get to go outside with that. your kids and make a snowman and throw snowballs at their face, and then they cry, and they tell your wife, and your wife gets mad at you because you're not supposed to throw a snowball at a six-year-old girl, but who cares? You have to toughen them up somehow. That's winter, baby. 
That is. Here's another way to play with winter. You put it up in Tahoe, and you go and play with it like a toy in the toy box, and then when you're done with it, you put winter back in the toy box, and you come home, and you don't deal with it until you want it again. That's the best kind of winner. You have to I go know, to winner. It doesn't come to you. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Take care, fellas. <laughs> Great to have Damon Bruce on the I program. I think he's got a good point, man. Bay Area being able to go to Tahoe like that, that, that is a very good point. But they pay a crazy amount of taxes. That's probably where ZipRecruiter was started. Who knows where every business is started. Because they know that hiring can be a slow process. Cafe El Toro CEO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You got quite the conversation going with Damon Bruce, 95.7 The Game, about the fair weather fans out there in California. That is why it was always strange to me to see the NFL move not just one, but two teams to Los Angeles. And that's a topic which we will continue to dive into here on Home and Home. There is no way, no how, no chance two NFL teams can succeed in Los Angeles. What was the reaction to your tweet about the San Francisco fans, though, being fair weather? Well, most of the people that didn't appear to be Niners fans said very high that they ranked very high on the Fairweather fan list. And even a couple self-described Niners fans say, I'm a Niners fan and we're high on the list. Um, And then the other Niners fans just said how far away it is from the city, how bad the traffic is all kinds of things that didn't stop them from going last night, which tells you that those are just excuses for when the team's not as good and so that they are fair weather fans. There's no question they are fair weather fans. But I got to tell you, Dave, I think this is sort of symptomatic of what happens when a team has as much success as the Niners had as long as they did, it just kind of becomes not, it's just not as cool. It's just hard to go. Like, I think, like, personally, when Belichick stops or Brady retires or whatever, I think the Patriots fans are in trouble. I I really do. I I think that you'll see a big drop-off because it's just, it's probably human nature 
it's just such a letdown from what they're used to. It's like, it's like for 10 years, if you paid $100 to get this awesome steak and great sides and you have the nice wine or beer with it, and then after doing that for 10, 20 years, all of a sudden, the steak is like tough. It's not as good. And the wine is shitty. Are you still going to pay the same hundred bucks? Or you st- you're probably going to be like, nah, I don't really need to do that. When it's good again, I'll go back. But I, I kind of think that's where the Niners are. Certainly moving the stadium, I, I don't think helped either. I think that was certainly part of it as well. But that absolutely makes them fair weather fans. I mean, that would never happen in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or Cleveland. It doesn't happen in Cleveland. It doesn't happen in Detroit. It doesn't happen in Pittsburgh. A lot of it just wouldn't happen. So but you- I think that they are absolutely are fair weather fans. I think the more interesting discussion, and maybe we can have an even longer discussion some other day, is, is that bad? Like, it's fun to make fun of them and call them Fairweather fans. But at the end of the day, Dave, I don't really blame them. Like, I wouldn't if I lived in San Francisco. I wouldn't spend the money to go watch shitty Niners and sit in that traffic and drive to Santa Clara and pay all that. Like, I don't blame them. I mean, you could argue maybe Fairweather fans are smart fans on some level, but they're not diehards. That's for sure. I think now a couple of things that will not happen with new England. I'm surprised you said that could be a possibility with the Patriots as a guy who lived in Boston for a number of years, 86 years, 86 years of pain for Red Sox. When did you live in new England? I'm not done making a point. 86 fucking years. They went without winning a world series and enthusiasm did not dampen one bit for the Red Sox. Now, maybe you think it's different with the Patriots because that is a Red Sox town primarily. The point is not about when I lived there. The point is I moved there in 2004, 86 years since they had won a World Series. I had never seen anything close to as passionate as sports fans that would have been there for another 10, 12, 15 years if they had to wait that long for a World Series win. Now, they don't have that type of history with the New England Patriots, but I think they're going to stick with that team. I think that is one of the more loyal sports towns in America. Emory University, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think, Dave, I really do. I did a, a Patriots game a few years ago when they were losing by like 10 with three minutes left. No, maybe it's five minutes left. It was unbelievable how many fans left. Unbelievable. And by the way, it was against the Saints and they came back to win the game. And I was like rooting for them because I thought these Patriots fans, they're so spoiled. They were booing. I'm just telling you. Foxborough is Gillette Stadium is not Fenway, and they're not longtime Patriots fans like they were the Red Sox fans, and it's different. The dynamic of the Red Sox was terrible, 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 terrible. We finally did it. The Patriots haven't been around as long. They're not. They've had so much success. I'm just telling you, five years after Brady's done, 
I think it'll be very interesting. I let's put it this way: Do you think they'll still be selling out every week if they're like a, a bad football team, like they do in Cleveland and Chicago and Philadelphia and some of the other cities? Because I don't think they will in New England. If they're a four or five win football team, I think they will begin to struggle a little bit because of the location of that stadium. Is just one I never really understood. Look. It's a long way, man, from Boston. For those of you that haven't been to Foxborough to Gillette Stadium, it is a long way from Boston. And yes, it is the New England Patriots trying to encompass the entire region, but your population base comes from the city of Boston. And you may suffer a little bit with the people that don't want to get out to the city to take that hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever it can be on a game day. Um, so yeah, I guess if, if you're talking about a four, three, four, five win football team, but we're talking six, seven, ten years after Brady, after Belichick. A whole new generation of football fans has been born into that type of success. And they've got a whole new generation of fans now because of that. We'll see. Uh, I mean, it's going to happen unless Belichick coaches till he's 100 or, or they get another quarterback. It's going to happen. I hope it does happen. Number one, that will prove Brady's greatness. Number two, we'll see what those fans really got. Head coach Josh McDaniel, perhaps, in the next generation of great Patriots teams, we shall see. We are out of time today for Ross Tucker. I'm Dave Briggs. Tomorrow, uh, lots to get into, perhaps. Uh, gosh, remind me what we have tomorrow, Tucker. We got PFF, as always, with the player Whoa. rankings. And how about a little Cam Newton talk? Doesn't sound like he's coming back. To Carolina. We'll talk with one of the top ah. hosts of WFNZ, our affiliate in Charlotte. Until next time, see ya. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.